0: The first reading is taken from the epistle to Peter, the second epistle from Peter, um, beginning at the eighth verse of chapter three. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not so slow in keeping his promise, As some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. This is the end of the first reading.
1: Hear the Gospel according to Mark, written in Mark chapter 1 beginning at verse 1, Mark 1, 1 to 8. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt round his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. May
2: I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like it if you would travel back in time with me to the balmy summer of 1975. Uh, You may remember that wonderful hot summer, and the even hotter one that followed it in 1976. Imagine me in my third term at Wycliffe Hall, uh, just a stone's throw from here down the road, where I was preparing for ordination into the Church of England, sitting in my room on the third floor of the main building when there was a knock on my door. Now you need to understand that the summer term of my student days, as some of you know, were largely dedicated to playing cricket rather than studying theology. So it was unusual to find me in on a sunny day. I had been a serious follower of Christ for just six years. And for three of those years, I had been seriously distracted from the Christian race set before me by my ambitions at cricket at which I was playing for Oxford University. And when I began to study for ordination, I went through a period of self-examination, which resulted in my surrendering of those ambitions to God, and I found that very hard. The principal of Wycliffe Hall would have none of it though, and insisted that I should once again play cricket for the university, even though it seriously affected the amount of time that I could spend in college. And I felt that God was very nice and had given my cricket back to me. At my door that sunny afternoon stood a crew-cut, well-dressed American who introduced himself to me as Eddie and said he was looking for Christians who played sport at a high level. I confirmed that I was a Christian, at least. He asked me what I was doing and I said I was training to be a vicar. I had to explain to him, because he was American, that that was the English word for pastor. He asked me what I did all day, what I talked about all day, and what I thought about all day. And I had to confess that cricket was the answer to all three of those questions. So he opened his Bible, it was the Living Bible paraphrase, I recall, and all the pages fell out onto the floor. He found Hebrews chapter 12 in the middle of Exodus somewhere, and read, run with patience the particular race that is set before you. And he asked me what my particular race was, and I told him again that I was going to be a vicar. He then said something that changed my life. His words were something like this, you spend all your time playing cricket, talking about cricket and thinking about cricket. Has it never occurred to you that the particular race that God has set before you might have something to do with cricket? And the shocking thing is that it had not occurred to me. But that realization led to my involvement and eventual work for 20 years as the first Director of Christians in Sport, which in due course enabled me, amongst other things, to be the so-called spiritual advisor to the England cricket team and be one of the chaplains at the Olympics this coming summer in 2012. And today's collect for the second Sunday in Advent picks up the theme of running the Christian race. It says, as you can see from the prayer in front of you, whereas through our sins and wickedness we are grievously hindered in running the race set before us, your bountiful grace and mercy might speedily deliver us. Of course, playing cricket was itself not grievously sinful at least most of the time, it wasn't grievously sinful, any more than that thing that might be distracting you from running the race that is set before for you is necessarily sinful, although, of course, it might be sinful. But my sin was in allowing something to become more important in my life than my devotion to Christ, and the Bible calls that idolatry. Only when we renounce the idol recognizing it for the cul-de-sac that it is, can God help us refind the track that we're meant to be running in? And my testimony, I suppose, is that the renouncing of our right to that ambition, or whatever it is, that renouncing is itself part of God's grace and mercy. The Bible readings that we've just listened to tell us of two great runners, Spiritual Olympians, one who Mark tells us about is a forerunner and one who Peter tells us about is a trailblazer. John the Baptist is the forerunner. He faithfully ran the race set before him, pointing the crowds who gathered around him away from himself and to Jesus. He grew less and Jesus grew more. Of course, it was not long before John was eliminated from the race. Mark tells us, as soon as verse 14 of chapter 1, that John was thrown into prison. And chapter 6 recounts the familiar story of his grisly execution at the king's banquet. The Lord Jesus is the trailblazer. From the moment of his baptism at the hands of John, he chose to identify with our sins and wickedness. Though himself unhindered by sins and wickedness, he set out to run the race that would lead to the cross of Calvary and the death on behalf of us for our sins and wickedness, as the colic calls them. And it is that death, of course, that we've come here this morning to remember in broken bread, And poured out wine. But Jesus's race, and this is Peter's point, Jesus's race was not over. For him there was the trailblazing journey from the cold tomb through the glory of resurrection to the right hand of the throne of God. And Peter reminds his perplexed and suffering readers, as we are reminded this morning, that the Lord Jesus has not yet completed his race, for we are told that he will return in great glory at the end of all things. And if that return seems delayed, as of course it often does to us, it is not, Peter says, because he will not come, but because he is patient, wanting all to come to repentance and faith. So you see, there is a third runner For us to consider today. You could say that this unknown runner, like the unknown soldier who lies in a grave in Westminster Abbey, represents us all. He is all of us. That great pioneer runner, Peter, speaks for us all when in his second letter he urges us to live lives which are holy and godly as we look forward to Jesus' return. So he is asking each one of us as we run the race that is set before us, what sort of runner will you be? What sort of runner will you be? Will you be the patient, persevering runner of Hebrews chapter 12, stripping off the sin that clings so tightly and trips you up and keeping your eye fixed on Jesus? Will you be that kind of runner? This race that we are called to run may seem like a marathon to us now, but actually, of course, it is a very, very short race indeed. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years. Seventy years, or however long we have to run our race, goes in a flash, a blink of an eye, and we are gone. This is the Usain Bolt of human experience, but in that blink of an eye, in that moment, in the precious hours and days and months and years of our life on this earth, our eternity is determined according to scripture. So let's not waste one second of the life that God has given us. Whatever gifts or skills or abilities or personality that you have entrust them all to God. Risk it by surrendering it to God. And in your brief moment in time, enjoy what he does with your life. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for uh, what you've done for us in the Lord Jesus in history coming amongst us as we're going to remember and recall this morning. We want to thank you for what you're doing in our own lives today. We thank you that Lord Jesus said that he came to give life and life in all its fullness. Help us to live that life, to run that race day by day, accepting and being thrilled with the challenges that you set before us. And we thank you that you will uh, wind up history, that things will not just go round and round, but that one day, as Peter said, the Lord Jesus will return. He is patient with us, but he will return, and there will be an end, and there will be a victory ceremony. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and run the particular race that is set before each one of us.